Hey everybody, welcome to today's Take Heart. I hope you are enjoying the heat wave. I am sitting in my room at church and I currently feel like I'm sitting in a sauna. Um, all right, I want to talk about one of the ways that Christians are distinct from those who aren't Christians. And or at least one of the ways that we're meant to be distinct. And we're meant to be distinct in, when it comes to our attitude and our actions to money and possessions. We're living at a time when the economy is being talked about constantly. And of course, the debate is how bad is the economic downturn going to be in the light of COVID. And I'm no economist, um, but I thought what a chance to revisit for ourselves what our master teaches us when it comes to money. What does Jesus say about it? And he says an awful lot. So he tells 39 parables that are recorded in the Gospels. 11 of the 39 are talking about money and possessions. 20% of the time when Jesus is speaking even, he speaks about money. And, uh, and he talks about it a lot, I think, not because he's trying to condemn us, but because he loves us and his desire for us is freedom. And so although his teaching about money is incredibly challenging, when we receive it and we begin to practice it, it's also incredibly life-giving and enriching in all the right ways. Um, I want to read one of his stories. So Luke chapter 12, verse 16, he says this. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Now, what's fascinating to me is that Jesus talks about money and possessions so much, and yet so few of us think that we've got a problem in this area. Isn't that true? We can think, oh, I might have a problem with unforgiveness, or I might have a problem with anger or lust. But when it comes to materialism, the love of money and the love of possessions, I don't really have an issue with that. Imagine someone who lived in a strip club, and this person said to you one day, I have no problem when it comes to lust. You know what, I don't think I'm in any danger when it comes to potentially giving in to sexual promiscuity in some way. What would we say to them? We'd say, no, 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 no. The environment that you're living in, where you're surrounded by these people who are trying to seduce you, and it's literally the air that you breathe, means that you're naive if you think this is not gonna be an issue for you. We'd say that, right? In the same way, with money and possessions, so many of us, we're blind to, and I'll put myself on the list, we're blind to the fact that we are surrounded and saturated by um, advertising, by the, uh, the this kind of story, this narrative that's so unspoken that we should gradually be accumulating more and more wealth, that as we do that, we'll become happier and more fulfilled. Um, we're, we're bombarded day in, day out with advertising and messaging telling us we need more things and they will satisfy us if we, if we give in to buying them. Not only is billions of pounds poured into this, not only is creativity in bucket loads poured into it, but also it's incredibly targeted now. 
You know, there is a reason why we Google something one day and five minutes later it's advertised to us on Instagram. I don't know how the technology and the algorithms work, but I know that what they're doing is they're targeting, targeting us now. And so just think, is it really wise for us to think in the middle of an environment like this that sets out to seduce, seduce us with possessions for us to say to ourselves, well, I've got no problems here. This is not an area for me where I'm in danger. Um, I'd say it's naive at best. And so this is something that Jesus' warnings about we want to we want to take heed of. And in the little story, um, there's there's some things, there's some truths that I think really can can punctures in a good way. So here's the first one. Jesus says, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. That's an interesting way of phrasing it and it's intentional. He doesn't say the rich man worked it out and he kind of, you know, worked very hard and he earned all this harvest. He says the ground yielded the harvest. And I think what he's getting at there is not that hard work plays no role, but that ultimately everything is a gift from God. The ground yielded the harvest. It came from heaven. It came from God. And whilst it's true um, that uh, some of us will have worked very hard and some of us may have made very uh, strategic decisions, very clever decisions and got ourselves into a good position um, through those decisions, it remains the case for all of us who follow Jesus. Uh, this truth uh, remains the case that everything we have is a gift. Even life itself, every tick of the clock is a gift from God. How much everything else that we enjoy within life. Now, it's not that we didn't do any of that. It's just that ultimately it's all from him. And when we get that, it frees us to be, not feel guilty about it, but grateful for it. And I think when we understand that, it means that we move from holding it all so tightly to instead holding it lightly. It was given to us anyway. And we go on to see that the mistake the, uh, the guy makes in the story is that, of course, he tries to protect it all. He tries to store it up and use it all for himself. And whilst in the world they might have said that that was a wise thing to do, that's good forward planning, well done, God, God is very clear in his verdict. He says, you fool. Because in the economy of heaven, he's made the wrong decision. And uh, if we get the fact that everything we have is being given to us, and that's cause for gratitude and holding it lightly, the next thing that we want to get is what we do with what we have. And we're told in the story again that really the goal is to be rich towards God. I think another way of thinking about it is to be rich like God, generous like God. So other stories that Jesus tell, they kind of paint a picture of God as a master and we're the steward. The master leaves his possessions in the hands of the steward and the steward has to steward them. He has to look after them well. And sadly, in some Christian circles, what being a steward has come to mean is basically being stingy. Um, we represent God by being very careful with what we've got. And you know what? Of course, we want to be wise with resources. I'm not suggesting we all get frivolous. But if we look at our master, would you say that was the primary thing that kind of like, just like shines out of him? I wouldn't. When I look at God, the thing that, that comes like bursting out of the center of God is, is generosity. He's a God who's so generous, he doesn't even hold back from us, his only son, Jesus. 
And so if I want to be a steward like my master, the thing that has got to characterize my life in every aspect of it, but given we're talking about money and possessions in this aspect also, is abundant generosity. I'll be a steward that looks like my father when I give so much of what I have to bless other people. It's been given to me that I might give it away and be a blessing. And, um, and that is a change of mindset. And that the temptation is going to be, as things become economically more difficult, to give in to fear and to buckle down and to allow our mindset to become about looking after ourselves. And we're assured um, by Jesus himself in the Sermon on the Mount that the Father will look after our needs. But what he also says to us is that we're to put the kingdom first and we're to be uh, kingdom minded, first of all. And when it comes to putting the kingdom first, it looks like generosity. What if our mindset was instead of how do I acquire more and more as my life goes on? What if it was instead how much can I give away in my lifetime? And I'd suggest that's the wisest way we can live. Next time we hear a debate on the economy, uh, if we're watching the news, next time we see a headline, let's remind ourselves of what our Lord and Master says when it comes to possessions. We might say, I don't have much to give. Neither did the little boy who gave his five loaves and two fish. Look what happened there. We might say, I don't have a lot to give. Neither did the woman with the two pennies. You know, she put her two little pennies in the, in the temple collection and we're still talking about her 2,000 years later. Watch what happens when you invest yourself and invest the money that God has put into you uh, into blessing people around you. It, it, it goes into his hands and it's never wasted. It's the safest thing and the most wonderful thing you can do with it.